tired SFP, I know just what you need. Go grab some caffeine, find your favorite seat. It's time for coffee, tea, and three SLPs. How do we start these things again? Hey guys, hey listeners out there. Hey, hey, season two. Um, we're back we're better than ever we have so much advice for you today we're going to talk about wh questions who's excited um i have so much to say about wh questions so many thoughts on it you know love them hate them feeling neutral about them (laughs) I don't know if I have like a negative, positive or neutral feeling about them, but I do know that I'm always left wondering, like, am I targeting WH questions the best way with this student? Or sometimes I left wondering like, huh, why am I doing this again? (laughs) Like, why am I targeting WH questions again with this kid? Especially if it's something that feels really easy for them hmm Yeah. So I feel like knowing your target is so important when you are working on WH questions. And that might seem obvious. Like, of course, we know our, what our target is. We're working on answering WH questions. But there are so many skills involved in asking or answering a WH question. It's almost like... Mm-hmm. Not exactly, but it's almost like with following directions where you want to kind of get down to the skill mm-hmm. that you um, that will actually help the child follow that mm-hmm. direction. I feel like there's kind of a connection here, too, mm-hmm. with answering WH questions and like, what are you really trying to work on? Right. I actually felt the same way when you brought up this topic, Brittany, because, yeah, I feel like. WH questions like following directions, you know, yeah, we could tease out each skill or we could tease out the purpose, like why, why do we want to target this and kind of make our objective more specific. But unlike following directions, I feel like targeting a WH question does have value and can be contextualized more than a following directions objective. Um, because it is a skill without that compliance be piece. And there's so many skills involved in WH questions. Right. So at my right. school district, I have to write whether or not this is a receptive language goal, an expressive language goal, or, you know, it could be a pragmatic goal as well. But you have to, we when we're writing goals, we have to say, we have to put it under the category of either receptive or expressive. Mm-hmm. which makes this challenging to write goals like WH questions that target everything. You know, you can't mm-hmm. just tease out, this is only receptive. This is only mm-hmm. expressive. So what I have is whenever I do write a goal with WH questions, I have a hard time um, figuring out which category it should go in. And I guess looking at what you're actually trying to target mm-hmm. will help with that. So let's mm-hmm. talk about like, you know, if we were to write a, a WH question as a receptive skill, mm-hmm. the things that we would target within that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think 
a receptive skill for WH questions would be just understanding what the WH word is looking for, I guess. So if you if you hear who, you're looking for an answer that is related to a person. If you're asking or if you're hearing when, you know there's going to be some sort of temporal concept in your answer. So I think that could be the receptive a receptive skill attached to WH questions is just knowing what do these WH question words mean? What are they, you know, what's the answer associated with them? And then also for how, how is tricky because you'd want to teach how, even though it's not WH, which is infuriating to me. I want it to be W-H-O-W. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Wow. Um. But, you know, because you could, it could be a question that asks about your condition, like, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Or it could be a quantity question, um, how many? Or it could be a procedural question of how do you do this? So I think how is tricky because there's so many meanings associated with how. Yeah. And then you can also think of the receptive piece in terms of, um, comprehension skills like if you're uh, reading a short passage with a child and then you're asking them questions about that passage um, you may not be targeting specifically what the wh words mean like who when where why but you may be using them as a tool to assess if they're comprehending the text and so the idea just the general idea of using questions to see if the child is understanding what they're reading or hearing. I feel like that's another time when you have to be careful about your target. Are you testing them on the material or is your goal more of like under making sure they understand what the questions are asking and those WH words. So that can also be tricky too, because especially with how or why you're kind of doing both because I feel like our kids often struggle with answering those higher level questions. And so you might want to be like, oh, this question is why, you know, you'll probably answer it with the word because like, here's an example of how you do that. Why questions ask about this or that, or you might talk about cause and effect and, and then you might go back to the text, like, okay, let's think about what we're doing here. So, so it gets messy with receptive skills because there's so much going on. Mm -hmm. Well, also it gets messy with receptive because we measure your, how well you're comprehending receptively based on your expressive answer. Oh my God. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so it's not I just know, receptive. Right. Like I know that, you know, like, sorry, let me rephrase that. I know that my student understands who questions based on how they answer who questions. But in order to do that, they have to have the expressive skill to formulate their response or, um, you know, unless you're doing some kind of pointing task, which could be an expressive skill, right? Um, but it's hard because that's how we measure. It's kind of like, um, it reminds me of the overlap with language and cognitive skills. Like we measure cognition through a lot of the times through language tasks, or language-based tasks. So it kind of reminds me of that 
that difficulty teasing it out um, because we're going to be assessing how well you comprehend this concept by the way you're expressively responding. And I haven't even thought of like just within the receptive language piece of, um, you know, are we testing the content or your knowledge of that, what that question is asking? Like, I haven't even really considered like, okay, if they answer my who question with a character, but it's the wrong character. Now, what but was they that? still was gave that you a person. person. They gave me a person, but they uh-huh. didn't give me the correct person. Is that correct? Is that not, you right. know, like, so now we have to think about, yeah, what are we thinking about the content or are we just thinking about the specific question, the, the type mm-hmm. of question that's being asked? Right. Or like the syntax of the question that they're understanding, you know, this question is looking for this response at a syntactic level. Like what, what's tripping them up, the word or the syntax? Mm. Yes. And even the way that you ask the WH question, Mm-hmm. it can make such a difference. So even if your kid understands you answer who questions with a person, if your who question has some huge relative clause in it or some really right. complex syntax in it, they still might not mm-hmm. understand like who is the main character. Maybe they can answer Joe Schmo. But if you say who is the main character in the story that this and that, and then did this. And Mm -hmm. like, if your question is just so much longer, Mm -hmm. there are so many, it's not one. It's hard to drill it down to one discrete skill. And I'm reminded Mm -hmm. of um, uh, an article called rethinking reading comprehension by Hugh Katz. I think it's called rethinking reading comprehension and I can put it in the show notes, but he talks about how, we tend to think of, this is in terms of reading instruction, we tend to think of comprehension as a discrete skill, like phonics. Phonics is a discrete skill. You can learn that B says B and this is the rule and you learn it and mm-hmm. then you apply it. Um, or even phonological awareness or phonemic mm-hmm. awareness, breaking words apart, putting them back together. That's like a very discrete skill for the most part. But mm-hmm. comprehension, even though it's lumped in, is like, phonics phonemic awareness vocabulary Mm -hmm. it's so much more and like so there Mm -hmm. are studies showing that so much of comprehension is reliant on your background knowledge or your content knowledge it's Mm -hmm. so hard Mm -hmm. this is bigger than just thinking about wh questions Mm -hmm. but it's it's related in terms of like what are you trying to target here Mm -hmm. and and then once you know what you're trying to target what is the best way to target it and like maybe sometimes wh questions are helpful maybe sometimes they're not or you just have to be careful about how you're asking the questions and how much complex syntax is involved Mm -hmm. right because if you wanted to target comprehension you could you don't need wh questions solely to to target that skill so you don't need to say like um the student will answer four out of five wh questions based on the story you would just say something like the student will answer comprehension questions or literal comprehension questions versus inferential or application questions um based on this content but yeah that so then where does that wh question piece fit and now i'm just (laughs) like do do you do you end up targeting it for that long? Because I see these WH questions follow students for a long time. 
But at what point are you no longer actually targeting the WH question or the WH question word itself and you're actually using it as a conduit for something else? You know what I mean? Okay. And then is it still receptive? Or is it? Right, right, (laughs) right. This is, it's so confusing. And um, Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm getting so excited now because I'm thinking about all of these WH questions that may not actually be the WH question you think you're asking. So for example, with who, you might think that who, I feel like the way I used to teach WH questions is like there are more literal ones, like who, where, when, Mm -hmm. and then there are higher level ones, like why or how. Um, But it's, that's not, I kind of wish I did it differently because you can have a who question that is very higher level. Like, who do you think that this character will end up being friends with in the story? Mm-hmm. Like, that is a very high level question to ask. Mm-hmm. But you're saying who? The answer is still a person, but they might have to think about what they know about the character and what they look for in friendship and what's happening in the skills. stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perspective taking. Um, so I guess what I'm feeling. I don't know if this is the vibe you guys are picking up on that WH question objectives might not be the best as a way to assess story comprehension. So you might need something else. So instead of, I'm wondering if instead of saying, oh, this student will answer WH questions based on the story, four out of five WH questions, you might want to target more um, understanding of literary concepts or understanding of cause and effect sequencing in a story, or, you know, you would want to maybe target something else to support that comprehension or just story grammar, narrative grammar in general versus phrasing it as a WH question objective. Does that make does that make sense? Yeah, I think it. I think it depends. Um, I agree with you, but I can also imagine situations where, when you're working, this is more for really young kids. Mm-hmm. I could see how it could be really functional to have some really specific WH questions. So this isn't this isn't really related to like story comprehension, but like mm-hmm. a young preschooler with pretty limited language. You know, maybe you do want to work on um a discrete where question or discrete where questions related to helping them build independence in the classroom like where do you put Mm. your backpack or where Mm. do you line up or like I could see that if if you're working at a um uh, a more functional like life skills kind of level Mm -hmm. um and then I think it just depends with the older kids and more complex skills so yeah I I agree with you well, it seems mm. like maybe WH questions are a really good concept to teach if the child doesn't have those concepts, but then instead of having those questions follow the child through, you know, school and and using WH questions to actually target something else, once they get the concept, then you can move on to mm. more specific skills. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, well, <laughs> uh, that did, that was... <laughs> Not the way I thought we were going to talk about it in terms of like WH receptively. Um, But that is so interesting to think about because I 
I don't think I actually have thought about WH questions that intensely before. <laughs> this intensely. I don't usually give them a second thought. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, let's do WH questions because why not? That's a good way to assess comprehension because it's so intuitive, you know, like how is this, you know, how is a student typically assessed informally for comprehension in the classroom? They're answering WH questions that the teacher is asking, you know, teacher reads something or talks about something. They say, okay, who can tell me? I was just thinking that exact phrase. Who can tell me about this this vocabulary word that we just learned about in the science class but you're not actually asking who can tell me you're asking for somebody to give you the definition of that vocabulary word yeah so you need to know who yeah but (laughs) that's so you're so good at thinking of all this indirect language that teachers use or that all of us Mm -hmm. use and how confusing, confusing that is. It's so right? confusing. I don't even know half the time. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> yeah, because the right answer to who can tell me what metamorphosis is, is actually a person. Because it's a who question. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh. The answer is me. 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 I can <laughs> tell <Or> you. not me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or you'd say who, me. Okay, Joan, what's metamorphosis? Uh, I don't know. But I said who me, you said who me, I'm the person. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. And this is related. I feel like this, this connects to the idea of um, social communication and social skills. Mm. um, Because so much of our question asking is very indirect. I feel Mm. like it's hard to teach it as as a discrete skill and then expect it to generalize to all of these other situations. Because um, language is infinite and you can use the word who in any infinite number of ways and the answer may or may not be a person. Um, so it's it's hard to understand what someone's really asking. We talked about receptively how messy mm-hmm. it is to work on WH questions. <laughs> Maybe you can do it sometimes, but know what you're trying to target. Uh, what about expressively? If your goal is like Kyla's writing an IP expressive goal for like answering WH questions, what are your thoughts on that? And like, what are you targeting there if it's an expressive mm-hmm. skill? Yeah, my my initial thought is well, there isn't there you know there is a right way to answer a WH question, but not that specific just because it's a WH question. You know what I mean? So, answering if someone asks you a when question, you know it might contain a temporal concept, but there isn't a specific sentence structure you have to use to answer that question. Someone would say, when are you going to lunch? 12 o'clock. And that makes sense. You don't need a sentence to answer that. But you do need to know how to use expressive language. Yeah, and formulate sentences to answer questions more in depth. Right. And I guess, yeah, you also have to think about what 
what are you targeting with their answer? Like, do you want them mm-hmm. to use a before after concept? Like, you know, they could say 12 o'clock, they could say after recess, they could say um, later today, you know, like there's so many answers to a specific question. Mm-hmm. Are you targeting us? What, what are you targeting as far as their answer? Like what kind of concepts are you trying to target? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know if I recommend this, which goes for everything I say, actually. But <laughs> don't <laughs> actually listen to anything that we've ever said in any yeah. podcast. <laughs> Literally means <Yeah>. nothing. <laughs> we don't know things. We just like to talk about things. Um, this is an, <laughs> I, I wrote this goal and it, it has more of an expressive feel to it. But it's mm-hmm. actually about WH questions. So I think my idea was to tie it to the curriculum. So mm-hmm. this was a, a short-term objective by October when provided with visual supports. Uh, you know, X will verbally answer factual WH questions, e.g. who, where, when, related to grade level or curriculum-based stories in complete grammatically correct sentences in four to five measured opportunities. So I think mm. the idea is like, all right, you're going to verbally answer these questions and you're going to answer them in a way that would be, that would help you be able to like write it down in the classroom, right? Like we're looking for completeness. We're looking for grammatical correctness. Maybe we can also throw in some like syntax Mm-hmm. The idea is like you will be able to when you're working with me, we'll talk about this passage, you will work on formulating those sentences. What do they sound like practice saying it? So then the idea is that if you go into the classroom, you would be able to transfer that language, mm-hmm. either in a discussion with your peers or answering questions from the teacher or in writing if you have to do that. So that's mm-hmm. an example of how I have written a more expressive type, like answering WH question, but it's not perfect. Like even looking at this now, um, we know that who, where, and when aren't always factual. Mm-hmm. It don't always require factual answers. And there are many different grammatical skills that you could work on. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, this is always so hard for me. Like, what are you actually working on here? So I would try to fit a lot into one goal, but I mm-hmm. think the idea was just that it was functional. It was applied to their curriculum. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it'd be yeah. helpful. That's what I was, that objective sounds like a great uh, expressive objective that could be transferable across their school day. Um, But yeah, it's, it sounds to me, like if I were to, if that objective was dropped off in my lap in my office at school, I would think you were really trying to get their grammar up. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, maybe that is what I was kind of going for. But it's, I don't know. Then you run into things. I see on all these Facebook, SLP Facebook groups, it's, um, this is just about IEP goals more generally, but people would be mm-hmm. like, I inherited a goal that has, that works on 75 different skills and I'm like oh crap is that what my goals are but then you also see people like I inherited a goal that has no information in it and you're like oh crap is that what my goals are and they're like I inherited a goal and I'm like oh my god Freddie, is that how you read <laughs> that's the voice your internal voice when you're reading yes SLP post because that is so funny I inherited a goal I have a sternum <laughs> 
I'm a student that won't stop fighting other kids. <laughs> what do I do in speech therapy? <laughs> that is objectively the voice of all Facebook posts and comments. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah. So, okay. I have a question for you guys. Do, do we even write WH question objectives for expressive language skills? I think it um, depends what you want to target. Like I have, I've in, inherited a goal that has, you know, will answer where questions, but I, if I'm asking, where is it? They say over there, you know, mm-hmm. okay, that there, there's the answer. They understand that where is a place it's over there, but they didn't really give me any information. So I think if you want to target things like, um, like prepositions, you got to write prepositions in your goal. You have to using, Mm -hmm. using this specific, um, you know, grammatical marker or whatever, they will answer these questions. So I think you can incorporate both the WH part and the kind of way that you want them to answer the WH question Mm, within an objective. Mm-hmm. That, that is a super functional skill because people will mm-hmm. ask you, especially little kids in classrooms, like where, where did you put your notebook? Like, where is your lunchbox? And then for them to be able to answer that. So I feel like it is, it can be helpful to have the WH piece in the expressive goal. So it's like part of that conversational, mm-hmm. functional mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. So I agree with Kyla that it depends on what you are Mm -hmm. trying to target, Mm -hmm. who the child is, and also like the situations that you're working with the child in. Because I feel like I'm always thinking in terms of a school Mm -hmm. and what would be functional in a school day setting. But I could also imagine being at home and working on functional wh questions like where um Mm -hmm. where is your toy where is you know your favorite book or whatever Mm -hmm. so i can imagine that that expanding to other situations Mm -hmm. yeah but there are so many different expressive skills Mm -hmm. that you could target when answering wh questions there are also a lot of expressive skills you could work on with asking wh questions oh boy. so you you need i oh know boy. oh boy <laughs> oh lordy so that could be the expressive <laughs> skill too is like right. asking where is my lunchbox or you know <laughs> some, yeah. something like that or or where where is the where are we going on the field trip or mm. who's my partner how, yeah who is exactly who is my partner um what is the homework what do we have to do for homework mm. like I don't know it, it you could also work on some of that Mm-hmm. But uh, now that I'm saying it, I don't know if the WH piece is the most important piece of that. That sort of relates mm-hmm. more to like understanding a social context or like understanding how to ask a question that mm-hmm. gets information that you need from someone else. Mm-hmm. So like part of that is knowing the WH question, but there's also so much else mm-hmm. involved in that. Right. Yeah. It's almost, it's making me think, you know, the next time I want to write a WH question objective, Maybe I have to think about 
really why do I want this kid or this person to answer, be able to answer these questions? And once I've answered that question for myself, I can say, okay, so then is the WH question piece, is that the most important piece here? Or is there is there something else that needs to take priority for this kid's language skills? I'm thinking back to a student I had several years ago, and I haven't really targeted asking questions that much, which I think I'm going to do more because this week I had my kids ask each other questions about the Mm -hmm. summer and it was really hard for them. Like even Mm -hmm. just socially, um, they just like didn't really know how to ask each other questions. But I'm thinking about one kid I had several years ago where he had a really hard time asking like past tense questions. so like um, he he might get the the WH part right, but the grammar piece of it was was um, a little bit off. So he would say stuff like, mm-hmm. "When did you did that?" So we might mm-hmm. see a lot of that. So in that case, I feel like you could again incorporate the WH, but also in your goal, write specifically what else they're working on within that WH goal. Like we'll ask. I don't know, WH questions to obtain information about a peer with um, using like past tense correctly or something like that, you know, Mm -hmm. like you can do that. I feel like you could do the WH and something Mm -hmm. else as Mm -hmm. well. And then like in the kind of in the context of a social interaction scale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like yeah. in the context of like reading comprehension, asking questions mm-hmm. about the text that you just read. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. Because like you asking clarification questions is such an important skill to obtain yeah. information about your environment. Mm-hmm. That is a really important skill. Huh. That actually just gave me some an idea for one of my students. actually um yeah oh my gosh wh questions are complicated i didn't yeah (laughs) who knew (laughs) who Who knew who knew who knew a person knew not me not me (laughs) (laughs) yeah but julie you'd mentioned how socially wh questions are often used for mm-hmm. initiating talk to me about those ideas you had about using wh questions in to initiate mm-hmm. and have conversations so yeah i feel like something that i see a lot is you know a student has a really hard time they want to interact with their peers but they're unsure of the flow of the conversation and a lot of times we ask a WH question to either initiate a conversation or respond or expand on something that somebody else respond to something somebody else told us or expand on something that somebody else told us so like oh how's it going what did you do this weekend you know where'd you go who was with you so I feel like those WH questions are really important for interaction or especially if especially for younger kids, well, I guess younger and older kids too, who really want to know more about their peers and want to establish, you know, show that they're interested, but don't really know how. 
um, asking those WH questions could be a good place to start for them. Like, oh, if you wanted to know about more about this person, these are some questions you could ask them and they're typically WH questions. But then you kind of need to know the WH questions of the WH questions. Like, when do you ask a when question? (laughs) Oh, God. You also have to know. (laughs) Yeah, you have to know um, what WH question to ask based on what somebody told you. You know, Mm -hmm. so there's that layer of like social awareness that kind of determines which wh questions you ask like if someone's like oh why weren't you in school yesterday i went to the doctor you might ask like oh what did the doctor look at <laughs> or i was just what you wanted to go with <laughs> you know you can't ask those wh questions because it would be considered why person why'd yeah. you go to the doctor um what's wrong with it, you it, <laughs> yeah i guess like and if you're younger that i don't think that really has as much of a social impact as when you're getting older um it might be like inappropriate as you get it is inappropriate to ask some questions as you get older um or yeah I'm just thinking about even just the question like oh where do you live can be a little invasive so you'd have to Mm -hmm. understand you can't ask that but I think I wonder if instead of wh questions that's more of a social interaction like social awareness objective versus versus more of a wh question objective i was just thinking sometimes the wh question you're asking in a social situation isn't so literal but i'm trying to think of a good example of that well Um, like a rhetorical question like, oh yeah. Who knew W H right. questions were so hard? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So there are those rhetorical questions. Oh yeah. Or like, why would if you're talking about something and then you can't believe it, you'd be like, why would someone even do that? Right. Right. Like, uh, what on earth were they thinking? Mm-hmm. What are you? What are? You, what were you uh, thinking? Like, I don't know what I was this thinking. Is so hard. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that can be tricky. That could be really tricky. Yeah. So good luck. Wow. I feel so confused. (laughs) I hope we cleared a lot of stuff up for you. (laughs) Well, I guess. Okay. So I guess my biggest takeaway from this is, you know, kind of thinking next time I want to write a WH questions to really think, what am I, what do I want to accomplish with this? I think that's the question I think to ask think to myself. yourself, who is this for? When will this skill be used? How the hell is this supposed to happen? <laughs> <laughs> Our field is so fun. We're having fun here. So fun. We know exactly what to do in every situation. <laughs> I'm having so much fun. <laughs> Does anyone have an espresso to go for us? A little tidbit of fun info or a little, a little, a little uh, espresso bean? Nope. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, I don't know if I have one either. 
<laughs> We're so good at podcasts. I have um, some information that okay. came on my Amsterdam bike mug. Okay, let's hear it. Believe it or not, there are around 900,000 bicycles in Amsterdam, even more bicycles than people. 63% of the capital's inhabitants are using their bicycles every day, and the authorities dredge around 66,000 bicycles from the canals and waterways every year. What? So take that, that was... information with you. Really process that. Oh, that's so interesting. When we were in, in Amsterdam? The, yeah, when we were in, we went through a boat tour in Amsterdam, and um, the tour guides were like this is so cool and rare you get to see a bike retrieval boat and we were following this um, bike boat that was going through the canal lifting out bikes that have been on the bottom of the canal and she said yeah, actually up to like twelve thousand bikes they can collect within oh a year um, what Look, so there's this great huge espresso to go boat. yeah this huge boat with just like rusty ass bikes piled to the top that had thousands of bikes on it oh my gosh wait I have so many questions oh okay but it's okay I'll ask them to you at another time <laughs> but <laughs> who picks them out have, yes, I have so many questions about this. Like, how on earth do you find yourself in a situation where you're like, holy, holy hell, I just, I, my bike just fell in. <laughs> like, how, how does that happen? Yeah, like how, my question canals, is, how And there's nothing there... blocking them. No railing? Nope. Oh my gosh, like. So uh... when you park, when you park on the street, you're just parking right next to a canal. That's There's terrifying. nothing separating oh, your car other sphere. than a ledge. <laughs> wow. So I guess that, that might be how bikes fall in. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was wondering, like, how are there not an equal number of people in, or bodies in the canal? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure people fall into the canals. It must happen. Huh. I don't have or, the answer. Do you have just you. like, do you have a big bag, a big satchel? And you're getting off your bike and you go put the bike brake down. Then you turn around and your big satchel accidentally knocks over your bike into the canal. And you're like, my bike is in the canal now. Could that happen? Perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> Man. Okay. Well, join us <laughs> next time. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed. See you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>